BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The Incomparable, number 602, February 2022. Welcome back to The Incomparable, everybody. I'm your host, Dan Morin, host of The Incomparable's Complicated Profession Star Wars Recap Podcast. And of course, we have taken over the mothership this week <laughs> with evil cackling laughs to cover the first and only question mark season of The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I've assembled a crack panel of muscle for this week's episode. <laughs> Kathy Campbell is here. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Dan. I am here to talk all about my favorite boba tea. Um, I really like a nice, mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. like Earl Grey. Yeah, uh, I think you're in the right, wrong franchise. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, darn. Oh, well. Uh, Chip on Earth is also here. Hi, Chip. I can't figure out which mod I want, guys. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I hear there's a package deal. Uh, we can get you a bunch if you want. Eyes. Heads. No, I don't know. Uh, Erica <laughs> Ensign is also here. Hello, Erica. <laughs> Hello. You guys, I don't like beer. I never have. However, I would drink an entire six-pack if you handed me something called Fennec Shandy. Mm. <laughs> That's all we have time for. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. All right, we are here to discuss the seven-episode miniseries that aired on Disney Plus and concluded as we record this this past week. There's a lot of stuff to talk about here, but I think before we jump into I, I like the, the episodes themselves and the, the whole series and the structure of the series, which I'm sure we will spend some time discussing, I'm kind of curious, going into this, were you, would you call yourself a, a Boba fan? Uh, were you someone <laughs> who was like, I need more Boba Fett in my life? Or were you content with the amount of Boba Fett that had already been served up? <laughs> Where's the option for, I thought there was already too much Boba Fett? <laughs> uh, Erica, I think you and I are, are kind of the same. I was I was shocked that they were going to do uh, a, a full series of Boba Fett um, because I thought he was the most boring parts of The Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> and yet I know how much like fan love there is for Boba Fett. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, and yet I watched it. So that was mm-hmm. a thing that I viewed. Yeah, I always thought Boba Fett was the coolest when like he was just a guy that stood there, said a few things, looked kind of badass and didn't do very much. And yes. the more information they gave us, the the less interested I was. Um, so I was not like super excited about the book of Boba Fett coming out. But uh, because they had introduced him in The Mandalorian, which was a series that I enjoyed, I was like, you know, what? I'll give it a chance. And 
uh, Fennec Shand. So I was like, I wasn't really watching <laughs> yeah. for Boba Fett. I was watching for her. Uh-huh. And uh, and then, well, well, we'll get to uh, what I thought of it. But that's where I was going in for sure. Yeah. Chip? I am old enough that I sent the proof of purchase symbols in <laughs> for my Boba Fett action figure. And <laughs> did yours have I a firing prob- missile or no? It did not. Oh. Uh, it was glued. That, that sucker was glued right in. Uh, and I probably watched the animated portion of the holiday special in real time back in 1978. <laughs> That's how, how old I am. So Boba Fett, I, I'm, I'm part of that generation of fandom that all we had was this, all we had was an action figure and a character who looked cool, but had a very few lines. And we poured all sorts of headcanon into that when we smashed our action figures together. So... <laughs> I loved Boba Fett up until the prequels, <laughs> up until the Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. And just like Erica said, the more we learned about him, the less I was like, oh, this isn't the this isn't the anonymous badass I thought. This yeah. guy's a loser. <laughs> so let's so let's make a TV show about him. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a lovable uh, loser, maybe. I don't I you know uh, I like a lot of you. I think I, I sympathize. I liked Boba Fett's appearances in the original trilogy. He's great. He's menacing, as my cousin always used to say. But he goes out like a chump, um, and <laughs> I can't disagree with that. And I agree with Chip that the more the prequels tried to turn him into a a guy with some backstory and legacy, it always fell a bit flat for me. Um, but I was willing to give it a shot and give him a chance. Like maybe, maybe a, a seven episode miniseries is what Boba Fett needs to come into his own to really get us all on his side and, you know, kind of make him a a, a protagonist that we can kind of get interested in the story uh, thereof. Boy, were we wrong. How do, how do we think that? <laughs> yeah, how do we think that went? Oh, I, I won't go that far, but man, this whole thing. I, I, I'm still holding my judgment. I'm still reserving my statement on whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. But man, what a mess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like they had a group of, you know, four fanboys that also uh, submitted the UPC codes proof of purchase <laughs> to get their their uh, Boba Fett action figures, one of which I'm sure had the firing missile and the other three didn't. Um, and they all sat in a room. That's how you know room. who the head writer is. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how you win. Um, and all of them were like, they had their headcanon. You know, one was like, oh, they got taken care of by the the tribes, came in the, the and Tuscan took care Raiders, of them. Yeah. They, yes, thank you. Um, I wanted to call them the Jawas, but obviously they were not the Jawas. And I could not, you know, say those <laughs> words because that then I would get, you know, murdered or something. Um <laughs> And then one, oh, he's going to be, you know, a sheriff in a West, old West town. The other is going to be a spice. Like all of these different story plot lines, goals, purposes for who Boba Fett is. And they all kind of had to fight over who could win. And in the end, none of them won. They did them all. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't argue with that, but I guess I just 
I just love a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there there are parts of this show that I really enjoyed. Um, a lot of them were parts of another show, but there were parts of this show that I really enjoyed, and I, I liked the experience of watching it. But I agree that it, it is very, very sloppy in a lot of the ways that it tries to tell a story, mostly because it feels like there isn't a great through line. Like there's the 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 singular question I feel like doesn't get really addressed even through the entire series is what does Boba Fett want and why? Like what yeah. is what's his goal? Like what is he what's he into? Like what why why come back from the dead? <laughs> I'm not sure I I'm not sure I care, honestly. I, okay. Okay. I no seriously, I just I enjoyed showing up to every episode and not really knowing what the heck I was going to get. I kind of didn't care what he wanted. I only cared what he was doing. Like he's a dude that's putting one foot in front of the other. And I was mm. like, I can relate to that. I don't know what I want out of life. I have no goals. I'm just I'm just living one day <laughs> at a time. And I appreciated watching somebody else who was doing that same thing. Uh yeah. I, yeah. What well, you got, Chip? I, I I'm 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 having trouble I'm having trouble sort of re- relating to that perspective. Uh and I think that where it comes down for me is and I've mentioned this on a couple of other podcasts, you know, in in about 2 months of time, we had 3 series that were produced during COVID had all kinds of uh compromises going in. Um The Book of Boba Fett, um, the final season of The Expanse, and the most recent season of Doctor Who. Uh, For all of these, I really want to lock the executive producers into a room and just interrogate them. How did we get here? What 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 got us to this point? What what led to this story being structured the way it was? Uh, And the answers are going to be different in every situation and all that, but. There are so there feel like there are so many compromises and direction changes in this series, particularly, even more so than Doctor Who Flux, way more so than um, The Expanse, which was uh, which was knew exactly what story it was telling and how much time they had to tell what they chose. I felt like they were pantsing this from week to week and turning it from a show about Boba Fett to just a generic, this is our Star Wars TV show during this timeline uh, kind of thing. Uh, Because we don't follow the lead protagonist. We get massive developments in the Mandalorian story in a series that is not about the Mandalorian. (laughs) It's just freaking all over the place. And I want more structure than that. You know what? There's a lot of TV shows with a lot of structure out there. I feel like <laughs> you get that. You get that Erica's in plenty of places. Erica's the of chaos on this. Show. I know. You know what? I'm here I have, for it. I have read and heard lots of people who have watched this show and have had you know problems with different parts of it, have not liked certain things. And in almost every single case, the thing that that other person doesn't like about it is the thing that completely appealed to me about this show. So yeah, <laughs> I guess I am the agent of chaos. Maybe I'm just here to be a reminder that you know what? Just the yes, there's a lot of television that's made for the the vast majority of people but every once in a while i get something that appeals to me in ways that don't appeal to other people so just you know be happy for me at least i'm so happy for you erica and going into this i was expecting not the mandalorian season three because that 
is very obviously what they did not want to do. But I was hoping, you know, this is a John Favreau show. I was hoping that it would have some of that same be able to to pull me in in a way that the Mandalorian did. Um and I think now if I can if I go back and I watch all of the seven episodes knowing the chaos that is mm-hmm. in the show, I feel like I would enjoy it a lot more. But coming into it with the expectations that this would be an extended an extension of the Mandalorian in such a way that it would make me really excited for Star Wars again. I mean, I didn't get that in the first watch, but now I think like maybe I'll enjoy it more because I know what to expect. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You know what? I this is probably like the hottest take of all. I think I like this better than The Mandalorian. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. Whoa. I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fascinated. The Mandalorian was was good and it was like, you know, I I recognize and and agree with all of the the reasons that people put forward for, you know, it was a more structured show. It sort of went from here to there, but I <clears throat> I I was watching The Mandalorian for Baby Yoda. I wanted to Ooh, see what Baby yeah. Yoda did next. Uh, that little like guy is freaking adorable. I kind of never warmed to The Mandalorian as a character himself. So, I didn't really care that much about his story or where he was going and I'm like I I I wasn't getting pulled into the anthology nature of going from place to place and, you know, like, you know, Lassie or not Lassie, the littlest hobo (laughs) and uh, and like, you know, fixing things and then moving on like that's that just wasn't sort of my jam. So I was just excited about seeing Baby Yoda. And so here is a show that's completely different. And I was interested in like I I. The Lawrence of Arabia is my favorite movie of all time. So mm-hmm. the first few episodes, I was really into the backstory stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, and I the the present day things were fine, too. But I was just super, super into the backstory stuff. And while I was very not happy with the way that the indigenous people were eventually just mm. fridged as <laughs> as a society, didn't like that. But I did like the way that the society was built out. So I was on board yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had that moment of being upset. And then we kind of then I got more interested in the present day stuff because just like this guy who's kind of just a, a bumbling like he's not a joke, but he really just like he's he, in way over basically. He is in over his head and he has the best help possible because like Fennec Shand is who I want to be. I do not want to be on top. I do not want to be the face of anything. I want to be the second in command who's telling the face of things what to do <laughs> and being smart about stuff. And like to me, this was a show about a really kick-ass woman who just is over all of it, who is basically yeah. in the perfect spot, able to, you know, have her way and not have to deal with most of the nonsense. And I just love that. And then at the end, I've got baby you again so you guys this show had everything it was it was directed at me uh i like i like that we've got a, a group of disparate opinions on this because uh, <laughs> no it's good it makes for interesting discussion because i think there were a lot of frustrations i had i mean obviously we talked about this at length over on a complicated profession with my co-host tony sindelar and kat benish and we discussed all of the the things that we thought were like interesting and, and again i'm kind of with you like i enjoyed watching each week's episode uh, perhaps in times in spite of myself because I I did get frustrated with the structure but like never to the point where I was like this is terrible I want to turn it off so much as like this is fascinating that this got made and that they put all this stuff together <laughs> I don't understand but I'm I'm kind of here um, so uh, you know talking about this a little bit I want to say Tamora Morrison who plays Boba Fett and has basically played him uh, you know 
he played Jango Fett in the prequels, Boba's father, uh, and as well as the clones, as well as the clones, and then voiced, revoiced some of them uh, in dub lines when they redid like the original trilogy. Um, he hasn't gotten a lot of time to play Boba Fett really, like until he popped up on the Mandalorian. And so watching him appear there and then seeing sort of like, okay, how did he get from point A to B? I, I think he is an interesting actor. Um, in some ways, to my mind, he's never really Boba Fett. I think just because of the fact that that was always something changed after the fact, right? After the prequels came out. And so I kind of see him as like a different, he's like a different version. He's like a, like a, res- mm-hmm. a, a regeneration of Boba Fett. How about that? I'll go ah, that, throw like that out it. there for there some Doctor Who fans. Um, and so watching him like act, as you said, sort of sort of bumbling and like just being like not in over his head and not quite sure what he's doing here and why he's uh, like trying to be a, cr- a crime lord. I-, I found it entertaining. But yeah, at the same time, if you are a fan of Boba Fett because you think Boba Fett was badass and super competent, I can understand why this might, <laughs> might strike you as a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah. And if you've and, and if in my case, uh, the Clone Wars series had several animated series had mm-hmm. several episodes featuring young Boba Fett, uh, voiced by Daniel Logan, trying to figure out how to become a bounty hunter and things like that, and not being particularly good about it. It's a uh, teenager trying to become a made man kind of thing. And he's just super annoying. So I wasn't sure what I was expecting out of Boba Fett. Other than um, I was pleasantly surprised by Tamura Morrison as him in the second season of The Mandalorian. He was weathered, he was tough, he was competent, uh, and he and Din Djarin have a, uh, develop a good respect for each other. I thought, okay, I, I, can, I can see that. So we get the post credit scene where he's go- going to tr- take over Java's throne and we have the book of Boba Fett and what's this all about? And he is not terribly competent. He's not much of a leader. Uh, he does what Finnick tells him to do. He, tells what, he does what the mods tell him to do in the end. He's remarkably passive himself. Um, and to your original question, Dan... I don't know any more than uh, the rest of us uh, what what he wants other than he just doesn't want to be a bounty hunter anymore. He wants to be calling the shots, but he doesn't really know why. And that didn't give me a whole lot of dramatic reason to care about him. Yeah, I think that is that is one of the challenges we see here is in some cases it does, you know, despite a lot of what goes on with the plot being... At times, a little nonsensical. I think the modern day plot suffers the most. The mm-hmm. I agree with Erica. I think the flashbacks are really interesting. The development of the Tuscans as a society is really interesting. I agree that the way they they end that storyline is frustrating and feels disrespectful. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I thought there was an interesting through line there to sort of seeing his transformation. Um, but I thought that the modern day story with sort of the crime angle. To me, it felt a little bit like the the writers weren't even really that invested in it. Um, which is to yeah. say, from my from my feeling, I think they backsolved from like, all right, Boba Fett rides in on a Rancor. That is where we end. How do we get to that point? <laughs> <laughs> that was the head writer's, you know, choice. That was his goal. Was this is the scene that I have imagined in my head mm-hmm. the entire my entire life? I want Boba on a Rancor. How do we make that happen? <laughs> 
I think I liked the idea that, or, you know, it may not have been an idea, but it's just cut out this way, <laughs> that he's a guy who's like, he doesn't really know what he wants. He's like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to, I don't like this person that's in charge now. I didn't like the guy who was in charge before. I, so, so I'm going to take over. I'm going to take charge. And then he gets there and realizes, oh, how does this work? I don't actually know how this works. <laughs> right. So now I have to sort of go and figure it out. And step by step, it's like you're watching somebody who who kind of did what this you know fictional head writer did and came up with the end idea and then, you know, had to sort of figure out, OK, wait, how do I get there? So, like, I have this idea that I'm going to be in charge and I'm going to rule with respect and I'm going to, you know, make it a less bloodthirsty place. But, uh, oh, wait a minute. That's... That's an idea. That's an easy idea. But actually getting to it and achieving it mm. is not such an easy thing. And watching somebody sort of bumble their way through figuring out how to make that work and recognizing that, oh, I'm going to need a lot of help, like a lot of help. And that was that was always my favorite part was when he would run across somebody else where it would be like, oh, I I can get help from this person. This other group of people can help in this way. Oh, these people have shiny space bikes. Let's <laughs> let's get some help from them. And I mean, I will I will cop to the fact that I'm I think contrarian enough that I think I loved the space bikes just because so many people hated them so much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were fun. Like that was great. Um I They did I, not fit in, but no, they looked amazing. You know, it was it, it it had, you know, essence of firefly in there, you know. I was waiting for a herd of cows to come off of a spaceship or something. Um I think my problem is is I would have loved that show, Erica, that I think you think that you saw or how, how, <laughs> wow, that sounded really mean. I mean, that is not how I meant it. But like that, that movie, that show, that TV series, I would be all over that. Like, give me that. But this is, in my opinion, that's not what this was. This was trying to be that, but also trying to be everything else and to the point where I don't even think that Boba really wanted to collect, you know, make his own family or his own little crew or anything because he wanted to do a better job so much as he's just like, oh, well, I need people to go beat up other people. So I guess, you know, these people just happen to show up. It felt very much like... Uh, People that end up being in charge of companies that somehow <laughs> magically make millions of dollars and end up on the Fortune 500 and the, the CEO is just like, I just am here. And obviously they can't ever say that, but you know that that CEO just lucked out. And that's, I mean, the that's show, I, I do think you're right. I don't feel like the show necessarily set out to be that thing that I described. I feel like the show bumbled into it the same way that Boba Fett bumbled into all of the things that he did. So I recognize that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I think I think the writers believe that Boba Fett is super cool and awesome and, mm -hmm. and, and competent. And that is where we have that disconnect, because that is not the Boba Fett that I feel that you see on screen. And I uh -uh. agree. I no. agree with you, Erica. If you had gone in being about like, you know that guy Boba Fett? Everybody thinks he's a badass, but it turns out he's always been kind of a screw up. Like I, I my head cannon was that the the line in, in Empire Strikes Back where Darth Vader is no disintegrations. Boba Fett is because Boba <laughs> Fett has accidentally disintegrated like twenty people. Lots just, of people just yeah. keeps tripping and acts. Oh gosh, no! I was supposed to bring him in, bring him in alive. Oh no! Uh, but we never saw that. So like everybody thinks he's just. Oh my god, that guy's a killer. He will wipe you out as soon as look at you. Right. <laughs> As you write your life story, 
you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So there's a lot of different set pieces that sort of go into this. We've already mentioned a few of the different elements that come together. Um, Just sort of taking a a step back and looking at this whole plot of this, um, I'm kind of curious if you felt like, aside from sort of the character development stuff, which we've talked about, like how the characters relate to each other and, and sort of what they're doing, the plot of like this whole sort of crime lord, like the Pikes are here and we're going to have a like a gang war, et cetera. I just kind of curious what you thought about that. How did that strike you? Was that a, like a Star Wars story you were interested in hearing about or did it not really do it for you? I mean, for me, I I am a, like I'm kind of just a sucker for that basic trope of, you know, there's a there's a bunch of bad guys that are they're moving in on the territory and the people who live there need to band together and sort of fight it off. And I don't feel like this was a particularly skillful use of that trope. But the fact that I like that trope means that I just I just enjoyed watching it play out. Do I think that this was uh, something that I would have asked for? <laughs> Probably not. But I ended up liking it enough once I got it. Can anyone explain to me why anybody wants Tatooine? <sighs> because everyone knows Tatooine. <sighs> oh, n- brand name recognition. That was yes, it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, it does not make any sense because like they say they need the spice to, you know, be able to run through this place. But isn't the point of Tatooine it's that it's nowhere. in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. It's, it's on the nowhere, edge yeah. of Yeah, it that just does all, not make all, any all sense. All I needed I was a line at some point that was like, Oh, because it's off everybody's radar, right? Like Jabba had a whole distribution network because nobody yeah. would look out here. Like I just needed one line that was a little bit like, This is why Tatooine is valuable. This is why the Pikes want it. This is why control of it means a lot to whoever is sitting on that daimyo throne or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's because the Empire or, or like the tax collectors never make it out there. That's right. Or get murdered yeah. if they do or something. Right. Right. People just like sand, Dan. Just, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, it how gets could I everywhere. Forget? That's what's great about it. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, I also am all over this type of trope. I also really like the political like side of things those were my favorite parts of the prequels and i know i am very much not in that but like give me (laughs) give me all i yes i want in on that um and so i love those kind of things like oh we're totally gonna join up with you just kidding we're gonna backstab you and like i i love i love all of those stories um and if that had felt like it wasn't just a, a, oh, you know what? We've got an episode worth of story that we got to tell. What should we do? I know. Let's have all of the crime lords be, you know, crime lords and 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 throw that in there. Like if it had felt like it had been a purpose, you know that all of this is fairly plotted. They had to, you know, write scripts. They had to schedule casting. They had to like get costumes and and all of this stuff, but it feels like they just kind of showed up and were like, "What should we do today? Let's play on stage." And was like, "Oh, this episode we're totally going to like go to 
X place and and do this. Oh, let's throw in the mods. Like, let's go <laughs> to the Jawas. Like, all of these pieces were just random surprises. And, and I felt like it deserved better. And here is where I sort of uh, fall in line with Erica a little bit. That is part of the appeal of this series to me, is that uh, it very much felt like I am a child. I've got my pile of Star Wars action figures. <laughs> Which ones am I going to play with today? What's the story of what's 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 the story of the afternoon before uh, before mm-hmm. dinner? And there's a lot of appeal to that. I mean, yes, I would have liked to have had a story in seven parts. I'm a little angry that we had some massive developments for the Mandalorian and Grogu outside of the Mandalorian TV series. That really bothers me um, for some reason. Um, But mixing all of these characters together, you know, you've got your Ahsoka, you've got your Luke, you've got your Grogu, you've got your Dejarin, you've got all all of these interactions happening. Um, It is a lot of fun. And... One comment that I saw that uh, from from a from a friend of mine who's not a dumb fan by any means, you know, this was exactly what they wanted, and their their response was, "I just want Star Wars every week. It doesn't have to be the Mandalorian. It doesn't have to be the Book of Boba Fett. Whatever. Give me a good Star Wars story every week." And if you look at the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and what's going to be coming with Ahsoka, and if the Rangers of the New Republic series uh, come uh, actually happens or things like that, you know, there's almost an argument for let's just call it Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Comics had a long-running, wacky, wacky uh, series from 1977 to like 1986, where after every few arcs, the the story would completely change. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, narrative consistency uh, for a while. the The settings changed constantly. You were just following the the main characters, Luke and Leia, et cetera, and so on. But other than that, it, everything was on the table. There is some appeal to that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 Star Wars, and we had all of these pieces uh, going going together. I I. I get that, and it's it's a reason why I didn't hate the book of Boba, Boba Fett. Um, there was something fun just about every episode, mm-hmm. maybe not episode four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It was it was, I kept watching it. Um, I had similar feelings for um, when I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this because I I need to you know complete the set type of a thing um but i did enjoy this more than i did that because like you said chip there were things in each episode that i really enjoyed and i think that has to do a lot with the casting Mm -hmm. and who was on set and who was um being in the scene and the and the parts that i enjoyed i think i would add to that the the production values overall i mean yes it's not you know it's not maybe not quite cinema level every time, but I think I'd be pretty hard pressed to say to draw too much of a line, especially I think that final episode does have a scale to it um, with the Rancor fight and the giant droids and everything that yeah. does feel cinematic in the way that it's shot and presented. Um, 
And so I agree that it does. It, it's a great way of putting it, Kathy, that it, like, you know, there's there's sort of an end chip that there's something fun in every episode. I think that was that's a really good point about why I think I kept coming back or at least every week, you know, my wife and I would watch and then stop and then say, what is this show? <laughs> what, what did we just watch? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate it, like, but <laughs> I just don't understand it. Um, I wondered, in part, in from a plot perspective, whether or not this show would have been better served by just doing a sort of uh, chronological plot, where it's like it start rather than doing the framing narrative yeah. for the first half. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we just followed him come out of the Sarlacc pit and you know assume that there's like a little break in there where he goes off and does his stuff with the Mandalorian, and then and then he drops back in. Uh, to me. Maybe that would have been a more interesting, cohesive sort of through line, but uh, you know, I don't know. I ag- I agree mainly because I feel like a lot of times in most shows or movies or whatever, when you have a flashback, that flashback then will directly relate to something in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I really felt that in this, so it felt a lot more like. Um, oh, we're going to like explain a little bit of something, but it's not directly related to what's happening in real life with this flashback. It, it didn't seem purposeful so much as like, oh, well, we have to tell how Boba got out of the pit like that, obviously. And I guess since we do that, we have to show other things like it again. It just felt like we we need this somehow. But I, I don't know. I, how. F- I did feel like that actually did it did make sense to me because to me and I'm not sure that this is this was a wise decision but I liked it uh, was it that was was telling how he got to the point where he wanted to rule in the way that he chooses to rule once he gets there because I mean I have not seen any of the like the Clone Wars cartoons or any of that stuff I've just seen the movies and the Mandalorian um, so th- my previous experience with Boba Fett was he, he was a bounty hunter and bounty hunters, right. you know, he was a, you know, a disintegrating one. <laughs> like he killed people. He was he was a badass. Um, so the idea that he's a guy that wants to come in and take charge, but not take charge in a really heavy ham fisted sort of, you know, sort of way. It doesn't doesn't make sense. So what I needed those those flashback scenes, I needed to see him become part of a community and part of a, you know, a small society and learn to, you know, because he, he struck me as somebody who never depended on anybody and he was just a, a loner. And yeah. that was the, the flashbacks were all showing him recognizing that sometimes people need to pull together and you you're better off when you're not by yourself and like all that kind of stuff really really appealed to me on a deeply emotional level so that's one of the reasons that I liked all of that so much and then that's one of the reasons why I like the rest of the show better is because I recognized that he you know how he learned you know d- despite how angry I was about how they finished that section off as we've mm-hmm. mentioned multiple times um but that you know that he he has this found family now because he recognizes that that's not a bad thing to rely yeah. on other people. Pulling together is is an okay thing. And that all came out of the flashbacks. I, I have no, I will not argue at all with that. Like that story needed to be told. And I really loved how they did that. Like the, the backstory part. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been a lot stronger if it had been not flashbacks. Not flashbacks. Right. Yep. Not that's breaking that's totally up the fair. rest of the story. Flashbacks totally that are fair. also like 75, 85% of an episode in some cases, which feels mm. a little right. strange. Yeah, yep. it was it was difficult. Well, so when I watch things, I also have... 
I'm not the smartest when I watch things. Let's just put it that way. So it took me a second to realize that they were flashbacks, which I get like that's on me. That's and so it took extra beats for me to understand when they were flashing back. And then when we were coming back into the future, into the present, it was like, oh, but what was the point other than as the overarching like impetus of his personality? But it didn't have anything to do with that particular Peace. The only thing that I can point to and say this this was a reason or this made sense was the fact that like they mentioned a couple times that oh the dreams are back. So for me mm. that was you know mm. he's in the back to tank and he's it's not you know it, yes it's a flashback but it's also showing us what he's dreaming right now. So technically you could say that the whole thing's actually happening right now because that's a dream <laughs> that he's having that you're remembering. But but specifically I'm not actually arguing that point. What I'm saying is that the fact that the way that he is operating right now is not just just because of his past and the things that he's gone through, it's it's because his subconscious is right now coming to the surface and reminding him of these important things at this important time. So the fact that he's having these memories and these dreams while he's in the back to tank right now, I think to me that that is enough to frame it as the flashbacks, because I think that that's an important part of his subconscious, like flaring up and being like, hey, you're you're in this situation now and you need to remember these things that you learned in your past and take those lessons and put them into practice now in this moment. So that's that's the one reason that I'm I'm kind of OK with it. Would it have been a a more elegant and stronger structured storyline to not do it that way? Maybe it would. But for me, emotionally, it resonates in a way that I that I like. So I'm good with it. OK. Valid. I mean, you're wrong, but I'll. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> all right. All right. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. I don't want to watch Chrysanthemum and the Trandoshans go at it again here. This is. <laughs> That's actually a, not a bad band name. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Santa and the Trandoshans. I, I feel yeah. like every show ends with them just tearing apart everything on stage and each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And I then feel we hug that. at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did want to credit, and, and one of you mentioned the casting before, and I did want to credit the, frankly, incredibly impressive cast. Like, not just our regulars, Tamar Morrison and Ming Na Wen, but also, you know, throwing in this is a show that, like, just drops into. Relatively inconsequential characters. Some people like Jennifer Beals, Matt yeah. Berry, Stephen Root, Danny Trejo, Amy uh. Sedaris. Right, like there are just a ton of people in this show, and I feel like almost everybody who showed up, I really enjoyed their performance. Sometimes it yeah. felt like some of them are in different shows, um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah, that's fair. Like yeah. I really liked David Pesquisi. I don't know if Pesquisi. I'm not sure he pronounced his name, but I enjoyed the the sort of sniveling major domo, <laughs> like as yeah. comic relief, but also <laughs> felt like why why is he here like in this in this he, show with Boba Fett? He's taking the place of three PO. Like, no, yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. You know, and and you gotta oh, let's have this. We've got you know a Wookiee who's chewy. We've got you know R two D two shows up a little bit, so you know you gotta pull in the cast of characters from the original to really like tickle mm. the memories of people that know. I, I will Star say Wars particularly is. the scene at the in the last episode where they Boba Fett sends him out to negotiate. Even though oh I gosh. knew exactly what was going to happen and what he had written on that, watching him deliver <laughs> yep. it was still excellent. It was it a was very so good scene. Good. So good, so good. Um, well, we should probably also talk a little bit. I know Chip, you mentioned the developments for the Mandalorian. Uh, this is one of the things that is strangest <laughs> in this show is that <laughs> yep. after four episodes of Boba Fett, this show inserts 
uh, two episodes of the Mandalorian, of an entirely different show into it, which feels a little bit like maybe they had like a, well, we've got like a four or five episode Boba Fett miniseries that we can make. But what if we put in a couple episodes? All the more reason that it feels so slapped together. And like there was no, I don't get me wrong. Those were my favorite episodes. (laughs) Honestly, yes. Yeah. Uh, But there was no connection to the rest of it. And that felt really weird. It it did feel, uh, there are a lot of questions about why they chose to do this. I'm not sure I've seen a really great answer, though. I've seen plenty of theories about it. Um, But we, you know, I I will have to say, I agree. Chapter five in particular, the return of the Mandalorian to Mm -hmm. me was, I got way too excited in that first scene where you see his silhouette show up like at the meatpacking place. Uh, and yeah. I kept expecting like, all right, you know, we spent like 10 minutes with the Mandalorian. Now he's going to get recruited to a Boba Fett and join them up with them. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't, yep. Nope. nope. Not going to nope. happen in this episode. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh, I, boy. Yeah. I don't We're know. Dark saber backstory in the book of Boba Fett. We're going to have his excommunication from the, from, from his uh, creed. In the book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 not his show. I love it. It's one. It's my favorite episode of the run, but it's not his show. Yeah, it is <laughs> so weird. Yeah, it is an odd choice, and I have to wonder about people who decide maybe they'll skip the book of Boba Fett and they'll jump straight into uh, Mandalorian season three. I that uh, those people are going to feel <laughs> kind of let down. Would, I think I would really want to see. I want to see the numbers and see how many more views of five and six there are from people that you know yep. they skip Book of Bov- Boba Fett, and then when the next Mandalorian episode comes in, and they're like, "Wait, what? Why does Grogu have his fancy Mithril shirt? Like, why is this? Why does this you know exist?" And then go back and watch it. I am very interested to see how they actually handle it because you know we are in like it's it's kind of the wild west of television in these days because (laughs) we have you know all of these streaming services and stuff and i I really feel like between all the marvel shows and the star wars shows they're sort of making their own way in terms of their their shared universe television shows Mm -hmm. so when they do finally get around to dropping season three of the mandalorian who's to say that they don't call these you know episodes five and six or whatever from uh, from this episode, like you know, two point you know nine or whatever. I don't <laughs> right. know. Like actually, yeah. actually insert them in there, and you know, if somebody wants to go and watch the entirety of the Mandalorian, perhaps these episodes will actually be listed within the episodes of that show. We don't know for sure how they're going to handle that, and I feel like if they don't do that, then I do think it's a disservice to people who are fans of the Mandalorian who are watching that show. But you know, in terms of like thinking old school, because I am old. Like if it was, uh, you know, I was going out to buy the the Blu-ray box set, um, <laughs> I would I would half expect to have those episodes either as a bonus or in, inserted. And yeah. until we find out how they're going to handle that, I don't feel like I can actually fully judge whether or not that this, you know, how good of an idea this was. I mean, this is it was it was very weird. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't necessarily think it was a good idea, mm-hmm. but I am mm-hmm. super glad they did it because it was just so fun to me to suddenly see, oh, yes, this is an episode of an entirely different show and it's just yeah. thrown in here and it is kind of that idea of just it's the Star Wars show and the Star Wars show <laughs> is happening and some of the episodes of the Star Wars show right now are about you know, Fennec Shand and Boba Fett doing doing some stuff. And some of the episodes are about adorable little baby Yoda and his cool, shiny new shirt. And I like all of it. So I was just so excited by the end to, sh- to sit down and watch and be like, what am I going to see this week? I kind of don't even care what it's going to be. I'm just excited to find out. <laughs> 
I I was going to say that a a um a listener for a complicated profession sent in the sort of uh, idea of this comparing this to something like the series The Clone Wars, which is itself an anthology where there are like little story arcs, so they'll run for like three or four episodes, and then it will be off following a totally different group of characters. And I think that's a, not not a bad analogy, except for the fact that we're you know talking about a seven episode series where it's just awkward. Like in a in a twenty episode season. If you have like five different arcs of four episodes, that feels like, okay, great. Yeah, we've got these little four episode arcs and we jump around. We talk about different characters. Sometimes they meet up. Sometimes they don't. Seven episodes feels very much like you got a, you got a small range here, right? Like you're telling like a, like a story in seven episodes and then having half of them be about a different character is it's an odd it's an odd choice i agree that like branding it if you branded it maybe a little differently called it yeah the mandalorian the book of boba fett or star wars the book of boba mm-hmm. fett all of those things could have probably been avoided um they didn't i don't know why it's it's a fascinating <laughs> choice um maybe they don't know why yeah, i'm not sure they yeah. do <laughs> um well, yeah it's it not is- like kathleen kennedy is going to rush to tell us <laughs> <laughs> It also makes me wonder um, how Ahsoka will link with all of this. Mm -hmm. Like when all of these series are done, will it then be rebranded as Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Star Wars, Boba Mm -hmm. Fett, Mm -hmm. like all of those. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying, Kathy, that you think that the the Star Wars franchise might go back and rename something differently? (laughs) No. Change and retcon? No. (laughs) This is a really like unique idea that we've never (laughs) seen in all the history of Star Wars specifically. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Controversial. Um, Let's. I think we should talk a little bit about the developments for the Mandalorian in this series, just because they, it is pretty significant, as Chip said earlier. I mean, so we've got yeah. stuff where he yeah. gets kicked out of his uh, of his covert. Uh, we have him with the dark saber, trying to figure out how to use it, and then, of course, uh, replacing his his uh, his missing starship with his new <laughs> uh, stolen from the prequels uh, starfighter. Uh, how did you feel about sort of like the stuff, especially I think with Grogu and Luke, which I think is sort of one of the big uh, hinge points in some ways of this story that we've been telling about the Mandalorian and Grogu? Did you, how did you react to like the sort of the training and the choice and stuff like that that he was presented with? I needed to give him a hug. <laughs> I wanted to snuggle poor baby Grogu, but also like it was it was neat to see Luke um, as. The teacher as the young teacher, because we'd seen it in the sequels, um, mm-hmm. what he became. The young, cool um, teacher turning his chair around backwards, being like, let me wrap with you, Grogu. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, so you're and- in detention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I was, it was really interesting to kind of see um, as a younger teacher, mentor, whatever, who hadn't been fully, fully jaded. I actually wasn't really, the CGI didn't mess with my head in a way that I was Mm -hmm. expecting when I heard that he was going to show up. And that was really impressive. So I was really happy with that. I was interested in the way that, like, you know, again, it, jury's out for me on, on whether dropping this story into a different show was a good <laughs> idea. But I actually, I did appreciate the way that there were sort of uh, echoes in between, you know, you have Grogu training with Luke and Luke 
trying to patiently explain that, like, if you want to be a Jedi, you need to give up all of your other connections. And like, that's just and it's the opposite of the the Mandalorian side. You know, this is the way we, you know, we, mm-hmm. we band together. And, you know, that that's always been sort of a, a push pull in terms of what is what is Grogu going to choose. But I also liked the way that that reflected on the journey of Boba Fett being like this loner for for so long yeah. and then learning that connection is actually a good way to go. So for me, the fact that these were slotted in here, there, there was no question even there probably would have been no question if this was just episodes of The Mandalorian. But especially <laughs> framed within mm. the book of Boba Fett, there was really, really no question as to what Grogu was actually going to choose, the choice he was going to make, because, the you know, this entire series is about people coming together and working together and found family and all that kind of stuff. So the the idea that, that Grogu makes that choice really worked very well for me within this framework. I'm sure it would have worked just fine if it was just, you know, season three of the Mandalorian too. Yeah. But I liked I liked seeing it it framed that way and put together and you know, I just all the Grogu stuff with Luke I adored because also like he's he's grown a little bit like he his waddle is significantly mm. different than it was yeah. in the previous bit of the Mandalorian like he doesn't he doesn't walk quite the same and now you know he can do flips and things and I just I really <laughs> liked watching a little bit of development and I'm very excited to see what comes next in the world of the Mandalorian and Grogu just to see like you know how much of how much of it did he learn what did he take yeah. with him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and yeah so I I enjoyed the heck out of all of that stuff and I really did I agree with Kathy. I wanted to give him a hug because I was just like, God, yeah. Jedi's Jedi's are freaking jerks. They're like, so just, mean. Yeah, giving giving up all connection. Well, you know what? That's dumb. That is just yes. dumb, and it doesn't work very well. And I, yeah, I was I was not not happy with Luke. I mean, he looked he looked fine to me, but I was just like, dude, this is not where that that adorable little baby belongs. Please no. send so him back not, to the people that care. Not two days after this series wraps, I'm in a store. And I see a Funko Pop, and it is a Valentine's Day themed Funko Pop. It is bright pink, and oh, it is that. Luke yeah. holding Grogu with yeah, with hearts in his eyes. And there is so much that is fundamentally wrong about oh, that toy absolutely. that I became angry. Um, yeah, I I don't understand Luke's arc here, although it seems to point to where he winds up in the Last Jedi. Um, which may be upsetting some of the fanboys who thought that they were finally getting their Luke back in the Mandalorian <laughs> season two finale. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, it was again. It was a. It was an interlude in it that belonged in a completely different series. But um, I, I wasn't put off by the digital uh, voice work that was done to mm-hmm. create Luke's dialogue. Um, it seemed a little, it, it seemed a little stilted, but not awful. Um, the interplay between him and Ahsoka was amazing. Yeah. Just the dynamic between Din and Ahsoka and then, uh, Grogu off in the distance and, uh, Ahsoka commenting on, um, Luke's attempts to train, uh, Grogu. I really loved that. Um, my favorite part of the series that shouldn't have been part of the series. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. And I actually was thinking today about the the choice, you know, Luke gives Grogu of picking up the lightsaber or the Beskar shirt. And it bothered me at the time, but the more I thought about it, the less it bothered me. And I think part of it was this sort of continuity of who Luke is and what he's trying to do 
in the sense that he he doesn't really know, right? Like we realize now that he's had some some contact with Ahsoka, and Ahsoka certainly knows a lot more about the Jedi Order and about the training they're, they're in. Um, Luke is trying to reestablish this sort of or this order of monks in some ways, and I think in you know he's got this moment where he's like, look. The attachment thing I think has always been kind of weak, but I think the point he's trying to make is, you know, you got to be all in on this. Like, you know, no distractions. This is like, this is important, right? We're rebuilding the Jedi. And I think he thinks it's the right way to go. And yeah. and I agree with yeah. with Chip and like that. That's definitely how I read it is that this is the this is the arc before he's realized later on as of episode eight that maybe there are some fundamental flaws in the way that the Jedi have organized themselves, but he, he can't get there yet. Right. Like, I think that's, that's the thing is like, he's, it's, he's going to have to go through a period of screwing things up before it gets to the point where he realizes, Oh man, you know, the purview of sort of old, older people is to be able to look back as like on the follies of youth, et cetera. And I think he's still in that, in that moment of like, Riding, you know, he's high on like the like I beat the emperor and like right. I say, everything's well, great. I know what I'm doing. Especially because if you think about it, Luke's training um Two, was very three days. different. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very mm. different than what uh, everyone else had. Um, <laughs> and so in his mind, he's like he doesn't want other Jedi to have to go through what he did. And so the only model he has other than what he went through is the historical version of it. And wherever, wherever he heard that from, like, do we know how he learned the history of the Jedi? Like who, what story, what Hmm. um, unknowing narrator told him? Did he read it in a book of like how to Jedi? Like how did, how did he, (laughs) For How dummies. Jedi, for, Jedi for dummies. It's Jedi fine. for dummies. Yep. Um, like, however, that came from. So it's going to be twisted. It's going to be this ideal that isn't real because it didn't work really for the old Jedi, obviously. Um, and it can't really work for the, like, not. I don't know. He he's trying to make something happen that obviously doesn't work very well because that's how you get the sequels. Yeah, I will add to that. Also, I think he he also when the first Obi when Obi Wan in, in A New Hope tells him about like you know for over a thousand generations the Jedi were the guardians of peace and stability and all that. I think in some ways he's got that hero worship complex too, where it's like, mm-hmm. well, it worked for a, th- a thousand generations, right? Like they must've been doing something right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. So I could do a lot worse than just, you know, rehashing kind of the way that they, they did it. And so, yeah. that And again, maybe, maybe that doesn't turn out to work out so great for him, but <laughs> that's kind of the pattern he's working on. Yep. Um, also wanted to mention a couple other uh, side characters who show up in this sixth, sixth episode. Uh, we get the return of Cobb Vanth, played by Timothy Woo! Oliphant. Yeah. Uh, Space Rally oh, Gibbons, yeah. if you please. And uh, Cad Bane, a, uh, a a character who appears in the Clone Wars animated show, seen here in for the first time in live action, uh, in a very Western-style uh, <laughs> uh, little mini-arc there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I will no. say, as somebody who kn- I had no idea who that was, um, I... I l- I'm one, I'm a person who will always defend references to other things. I think it's great. I think fan service is wonderful. I think we wouldn't have any of this stuff if it wasn't for fan service. But I think it's important that when you're 
fitting in those things that somebody who is watching it anew and who doesn't know uh, that, you know, who's not familiar with the references, it needs to be told in sort of a, a seamless way where that you don't need to have that history in order to understand it and in order to get it. And I, that was the, the one thing, the Cad Bane thing was the mm-hmm. one thing that was a little bit annoying to me because simply because of the way that it was shot and framed it made it clear this is somebody you're supposed to know and you're supposed mm-hmm. to be very excited to see their face and i was like i have no idea who the heck that is yep. why are you why are you presenting it to me in this way this is annoying i am annoyed um if if it would if it would have been a little bit less in your face in terms of the way that that was you know displayed, I would have been absolutely fine with it because he was a kind of a cool looking character, and I I did appreciate the like the the western sort of you know gunslinger type scenes like that framing and that shooting was fine. It was just the idea that I I suddenly felt totally left out. I felt like I was yes. I was not welcome at this party because I didn't know who this important person was. So that was that was the the sort of the biggest bummer for me in the entirety of the whole series. Yeah, I was wondering how how y'all would react to that. Um I came to Clone Wars late. Um uh, uh vacuumed it up obsessively when I thought it was going to be leaving Netflix. Uh so I knew the character. Uh, but I was one, I was wondering where how it would hit for somebody who didn't know the character if he's just this uh, cool-looking bad guy figure who shows up, or either if if either the show itself or all the fans lighting up Twitter afterwards saying, "Oh my God, it's Cad Bane," <laughs> would make it I would have been different. fine with with fans lighting up Twitter if I wouldn't have in the moment felt like I was left out. Like I I don't care if people know stuff that I don't know about things I haven't seen. It's only when the show itself is making me feel bummed yeah. that's when I get annoyed. Yeah, I had no idea who it was and I saw um on Twitter someone made a post about, "Oh, I can't I I was so excited to see that one character that we had only seen in the cartoons." And I was like, "Okay, I obviously I don't know who this is going to be because I hadn't watched any of the cartoon um, animated series um and when it came up i was like oh that must be the person that they're talking about <laughs> yeah. because it was very obviously like hey you know who i am and it's just like oh okay i don't i don't know mm-hmm. you i'm sorry I, you know it's funny <laughs> i'm sorry I, even, to this man even yeah. as somebody who did know who cad bane was um and i you know i think he essentially serves the purpose of the of being essentially Boba Fett in the Boba Fett show. It's like, oh, random cool guy <laughs> yeah, who yeah. shows up for five minutes, doesn't have a lot of lines, it gets murdered. Um, I think, you know, even for someone who has all the backstory, I found it unfulfilling because they didn't do a really great job, even within the context of the show, of explaining, uh, you know, what that meant or, or really putting a lot of significance on like when he and Boba Fett have a showdown at the end. And it's supposed to be full of all this emotion. I, I kind of agree with you. I still want you to show the work. I want you to yeah. do it in yes. the show and be like, why do I care? Especially especially when the backstory is that Cad Bane was a mentor to young Boba Fett. Right. There's a oh. couple of lines yeah. to that. Ex- There's a no. couple of lines really to that effect in the standoff, but it you, you I completely miss yeah. it. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was done very clumsily. Uh, and felt like very much we want to work this character into the show, but we didn't really <laughs> this, ha- lay the scaffolding for it. This would have been a great place to have a flashback <laughs> that tells some present story. Yeah, I agree. Just, just a little, just even just a little moment of that would have been really helpful. 
really helpful. If you're going to do flashbacks, lean into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree in that place for sure. Like also when the show is so jam-packed already, adding yeah. yet another layer into it felt like, okay. <laughs> um, so we've got the final uh, showdown episode in which everything happens there at the end. Uh, <laughs> yep. And it is, there's a lot going on in that last episode. Uh, a lot of battles, a lot of character interactions. Well, because uh, all four writers had to get their <laughs> moment in that final episode. You know, this was the agreement that they signed on to. And this is a side point to this last episode, but every contradictory rule of blaster fire in Star Wars <laughs> is in play in uh-huh. episode seven. Yep. Oh, my God. We have the pirouette. We have mm-hmm. the Beskar armor that holds up. We have the uh, Kersantan Either his bandolier is magnetically Beskar and uh, every shot, or, <laughs> or 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 blasters just don't work on Wookies. It's not very well. No. Um, yeah, yeah. Their yeah. their fur is like made out of Beskar. Oh yeah, like it, so, it diffracts. Yeah. That's the thing. It yeah. diffracts yeah. all the yeah. coherent energy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, everything, everything, including the kitchen sink, happens in this episode. Uh, but the fight is the fight itself is just chaotic and over the top and um, designed for smashing action figures together. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's fun. Yep. I, I do have to take a shot at this. Is one My one frustration with this fight is I think Robert Rodriguez is generally a director who is really good at, at, at action. Um, my one frustration with this fight is that a lot of it feels very samey. There's a lot of time mm-hmm. spent shooting mm-hmm. at the, like, the, the shield and it's like, it's not working shoot more yeah. Yeah, and it's like yeah. that yes. you could have cut yes, that yes. down let me, let me hit again with the dark saber what about this time that maybe, maybe worse. this time will yeah. work yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to see a little more like cool clever ideas with like trying oh what else can we try we tried this it didn't work we should try something else um but i i enjoy they have a lot of the tropes they throw in there right where it's like all the everybody's holed up at the end there in that one like house and then they send the snipers up and everything like that it, there are a lot of elements in here that i think are fun i just wish they'd spent a little more time with those and a little less time with marvel at our giant robots who have shields that you cannot shoot through yeah mm-hmm. yep. yep um so any other sort of big thoughts about this i i guess my big question for you all is do you do you feel like you want it want or need another season of the book of boba fett how do you <laughs> how did you come out of this feeling i would like a i would like a very different mm. next season of the book of boba fett i mean not necessarily less of a mess because as we discussed <laughs> i love a mess <laughs> but i i just i feel like one of the things that i would like to see in the future is a smaller feeling version of this something a little bit more intimate that's not quite so galaxy spanning that doesn't have the mandalorian and grogu in it i just want to see i just want to see boba fett and fennec shand like try to govern <laughs> like try to just just <laughs> basic basic day-to-day little not planet spanning spice running like nonsense yes. i just want like i want small stories law of... and order boba fett <laughs> yeah and he's and he is the bumbling leader and fennec shand is the sidekick who is actually the power behind the throne getting getting stuff done and like i would i would enjoy I would enjoy that. One of the complaints that I saw a few people say about the the episodes where you have a lot of Boba Fett and Fennec Shand just kind of going back and forth is they didn't like it because both of those characters are kind of just 
on the same level. Like they're both old, they're both grizzled, they're both tired, they're both over it, and their interactions don't have a lot of spark. But I loved that. I really enjoy seeing characters like that just <laughs> just be over it together. And I would absolutely love to see more of that. I just I, I don't need the framing of the really huge stuff that's yeah. going to end in a giant gun battle. I would just like to see them having small issues with, you know, minor functionaries in, in the city. Like, that's that's enough for me. And I don't think that there's enough of a viewership out there that they're actually ever going to do anything like that. But in my heart of hearts, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's what I was hoping this show would be. Mm-hmm. is that especially with the way that they announced it um with that cut like the post credit scene was like oh yeah we get you know tatooine ruling of the city in the sand type of a feel mm-hmm. and it it wasn't and it was sad but uh, so if if we get that sure i'm all in um and of course i will watch all of the stars wars because <laughs> i i that's what I'll do. You signed the contract, not, Kathy. Yep, we know. Yep. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here. I signed that contract. This is the way. Um, and <laughs> I, I am excited to see what the Mandalorian pulls from it. Um, hopefully not the haphazardness as much as Erica likes it. I did not. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but I, I am not completely turned off by what the future will bring. And I'm excited to see what happens. Chip, you got any thoughts about another season of this? Uh, I'm going to join Erica in Contrarian Land and talk about the mods. <laughs> mm. I like oh, the mods. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that you actually had primary colors on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, and I think that they were types of characters. I don't think that they were really uh fleshed out, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. But um, but. You've got at the end of this show this really, really odd family, and just like uh, just like the Tuscan handed Boba a melon, you know, Boba tosses Kersantan a melon, and the others are acting. You know, you've got this weird family dynamic, uh, both in the both in the literal and the figurative organized crime sense um, of these characters. They're the crime bosses of Mos Espa now. Mm-hmm. What do you do with it? When you're the dog chasing the car and you've caught the car finally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now what? Um, so if there is going to be another season of this thing, um, I'm open. F- I'm open to it. I want to know who these characters are. Okay. Um, we the the dances with Bantha's segments of this show <laughs> um, tried to set up that Boba Fett wants something different, wants to be someone different from who he was before. But I and and he has built he, and he's built a tribe around himself. So there's some uh, parallels there uh, with him and uh, Din Djarin. Uh, but okay, you've got these relationships now. How do they change you? Who are you now? If they want to do another season about this, I want them to have a clearer answer to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we can I, have some chaos, but <laughs> not not as much. I really agree. Actually, I think uh, Chip, you sort of hit the nail on the head for me too. I, I I like what we've assembled by the end of this, and I would like to see a different sort of story next season that maybe doesn't feel burdened by the having to explain how Boba Fett got where he is, 
or mm-hmm. or origin insert... stories are sometimes the most boring. Yeah, or yeah. or origin insert stories. <laughs> <laughs> or insert other shows into this. Like I don't even mind if the Mandalorian shows up as a side character. Uh that's fine. Right. I I have no problem with that. I like pulling in this rich roster of characters we have now. I'm here for uh Cobb, cyborg Cobb Vanth showing up again. Uh, but, oh. you know, I, 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 now that they've sort of got that under themselves, I'm kind of hopeful that the story they tell is maybe a little more cohesive next season, if there is a next season. Uh, or maybe there's going to be a whole episode of The Book of Boba Fett stuck in Mandalorian season three. We don't know. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Symmetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair. Uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up here? Are we pretty, uh, pretty good? I can't completely hate a show that has a character named Mayor Makshays. <laughs> <laughs> Voiced, I believe, by Robert Rodriguez as well, uh, which nice. makes me feel like that was on purpose. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this has been an enlightening and fascinating discussion. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Chaos I, mode. I love the chaos. More chaos. Uh, I would, of course, like to thank my panel so much for being here. Kathy Campbell, thank you for joining us to talk about boba tea (laughs) thank you for having me i'm excited to get some ice in my hot tea because i think i've decided that i prefer it ice Mm, good choice good choice chips on earth thank you so much for being here oh it was also worth it just to watch him teach tuscans how to ride a speeder bike (laughs) (laughs) and erica ensign our agent of chaos thank you so much for uh, being here to talk about the show that you really liked i do i'm I'm a big fan of uh of bumble fett and uh i love a mess (laughs) (laughs) and uh, thank you everybody out there for listening to the show Uh, we appreciate it and we'll see you next week 